A reading from To Bless the Space Between Us, A Book of Blessings, by Irish poet John O'Donohue. A blessing for a new beginning. Page 14. In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, Wondered, would you always live like this? Would you always live like this? Then the delight, when your courage kindled, and out you stepped onto new ground. Your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plenitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, You can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm. For your soul senses the world that awaits you. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome. Welcome back to today's Heart Lift with Janelle. We're here in part two of Walking Through Tool 5, Speak Healing Words to Your Future, uh, in my new book, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. Oh, dear heart lifter, if you are new, if you're just tuning in today, if you're a new friend to our community, welcome, welcome. Be sure to get a copy of Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You, available everywhere, so that you can live into this beautiful poem, this beautiful blessing by John O'Donohue for a new beginning. I just love when he says, though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Oh man, that just takes my breath away. Nothing like a poet to sharp to give us sharpened words that truly access what our soul is trying to say to us. You know, I shared in, in part one 
about that time in my life when I had a Jesus encounter that changed everything. It was the beginning of my senior year in college, so long ago now, but still so very, very fresh in my mind. The moment when I met Jesus in uh, an examination room in the Student Health Center at James Madison University here in Virginia, when I thought, when my future was teetering on a pregnancy test, teetering on the positive or negative sign, teetering on the words that the doctor would speak to me when he comes back into the examination room after I've had my test. For the life of me, I can't remember if we even had pregnancy tests available at drugstores back then. I just don't remember. For some reason, I was in the infirmary. I was there. I was taking a pregnancy test. I was scared half out of my mind. I was living what we would call a divided life at that time. And so I want to encourage you, if you if you're relating to this, even maybe today, or maybe you know someone in your life that's going, I'm not really living my true life. This is not who I am. I'm living against my morals. I'm living against my value system. I'm living against these beautiful intentions I've set for my life because I was. I was not living true to myself because I didn't know myself, number one. I had insecure attachment, which I now know is so valuable to have in life just to have secure attachment. So I've earned that. I now know who I am. I know whose I am. I know who I belong to. I belong to God. I am his daughter. I'm his child. I have his spiritual inheritance is mine. I now know that. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe you've not fully come into this grace of new beginnings. You know, I didn't change overnight. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I did I did not change overnight. It's still been a decade and decade and decades of life change and transformation. But I did at that moment, even though my destination was not clear, I trusted the promise of this new beginning. I did do that. I thought I can't keep living the way I'm living. I'm miserable. I don't really think I love this man. I didn't know a little love was better than no love, but I knew I didn't like that I was going against my values and my morals. And I was facing lost possibilities of my potential and my capacity in life. Gratefully, for some odd reason, the test was negative and negative became a part of my narrative. Uh, one cannot understand at that point. But I knew that I was to, I needed to allow myself to unfurl into the grace of beginning and align my life with my true self. So if you're on, maybe you're going, I don't know what she's, I don't know what she's talking about. What are you talking about, Janelle? This divided life, this wholeheartedness, this secure attachment. We'll go back and listen to season five, episode nine with Dr. Chuck DeGroat. And he talks to us about becoming strong and wholehearted. And he talks to us about living a divided life. Very accurately, efficiently, beautifully, you will have full wisdom and knowledge after that. And his, his book, Wholeheartedness, is brilliant. Also, maybe go back to season five, the bonus episode. It was an Easter bonus by, by Dr. Kurt Thompson, one of my heroes, who also has a new book coming out that I cannot wait to share with you. Uh, and he talks to us about shame, no hint of shame being in our life. And that's where the Samaritan woman came to that we've been talking about in John 4. It's where Heather, who I talked about last episode, and myself came to. I'm finally living now, decades later, in 
a life where there's no hint of shame. I've let the skeletons out of my closet in my heart, in my soul, my mind. I don't have to hide anymore. I have accepted grace. I'm offering myself self-compassion, and I'm teaching these skeletons how to dance with grace. My choreography skills are coming in quite handy. <laughs> so today, I really want to hone in on the tool that we're talking about in Tool 5, healthy assertiveness. I've talked about it before, but it's worthy of another conversation. We cannot talk about it enough because as we grow into our new beginning, our new understanding of who we are, when we really walk in our Genesis 2, 7, God created capacity and and purpose, we then can understand that we have a voice, a unique voice. And the world, our world, our spheres of influence, they need our confident, strong, humble, authentic voice. And you know, we equate voice with value in this community. So I'm going to pick up on page 145. I equate voice with value, as I just said, and when we understand our value, we can't help but share our stories. They're just far too good. We know that experiencing the power of a heart lift and making that transition through heart rift, heart shift, and then our heart lift, which I write completely and totally about in my last book, Overcoming Hurtful Words, Pick up a copy of that today, download it on your Kindle, listen to it on in audio. Solid teaching on understanding your value, worth, and dignity. I go into it a little bit deeper there, and we are kind of moving on with the tools in Stronger Every Day. We know that experiencing the power of a heart lift brings a strong sense of self, which brings healthy assertiveness, a core communication skill. And it enables each of us to develop stronger relationships and therefore stronger communities. Well, that's our threefold cord, right? That's what we stand on here is our prophetic footing for our life. We want to have a strong sense of self, strong behavior patterns, and strong, healthy communication skills. So according to the Mayo Clinic, healthy assertiveness does the following. So here's where you're going to have a teaching moment today. We're going to understand, oh, that's what that means. You know, I, my husband laughs all the time and, and he says, you always speak your opinion, your mind. And I'm like, no, I think it appears that I do, but I really, really don't. And so I, I put this tool in here for me first and foremost, and then sharpened it for all of, all of you. So healthy assertiveness helps control stress and anger and it improves coping skills. It helps effective self-expression and enables us to stand up for our points of view while respecting the rights and beliefs of others. This is central. This one aspect of healthy assertiveness is really probably where I'm going to camp out today because it doesn't just mean you say whatever you want to say and you just say it in whatever tone you want to say it. No, it is, it's not about that. It's not about word vomiting. It's not about getting things off your chest. It's about being able to effectively self-express and be able to speak our truth in love, as Paul tells us to do, 
while respecting the rights and beliefs of others. So it's going to involve thoughtfulness and kindness and humility and a prosody, a tone of voice that is that has all of those things wrapped up in it. Healthy assertiveness fosters mutual respect, enabling dip- diplomacy and integrity. So here you can you can already begin to understand why I'm so passionate about you possessing this tool. Because it is all about creating stronger relationships with everyone in our spheres of influence. And the key here is mutuality. It's you're important and I'm important. And we both need to come to the table and have dialogue, have true conversation where I speak and you speak. It's not speaking at someone. It's speaking with someone. This is a high-level skill. It's one I'm constantly fine-tuning and spending a lot of my energy on increasing my capacity to do this skill. Healthy assertiveness creates an innate awareness of the rights of others, offering keen insights on resolving conflict. It's an innate awareness of the rights, and I like to say the personhood of others. It makes communication direct. Okay, so if you're on page 145, you are going to circle and highlight and put exclamation points and stars around the word direct. And respectful and helps make the delivery of our messages, that is our words and the tone of our voices, well-received and ultimately successful. So if you need more help, go on back in the archives and find prosody, P-R-O-S-O-D-Y, power or poison, and refresh your mind and your memory about how all of communication boils down to our prosody, our tone of voice. It's the most important nonverbal, particularly in childhood. And healthy assertiveness directs the practice of emotion regulation, not too passive, not too aggressive, just right. This is also where that beautiful personality typing methodology, I like to call it a system of the Enneagram, comes into play. When we understand who we are in our essence, Let's say I am an Enneagram 9. I am going to be more prone in my unhealthy state to be passive-aggressive, to repress, to keep the peace instead of make peace by speaking directly and having dialogue and using self-expression to give my point of view. Flip to 146. So I have five keys inside of this tool to find your new voice. You know, we're not privy to the story of the Samaritan woman when she went back home to sick her in her newfound walk of grace. We don't know what happened, but we know that she was the first evangelist. She went back and said, oh my goodness, you've got to come with me and hear this man called Jesus who's sitting at a well. He just told me all about my life. She went back and she must have really had a transformed 
countenance and presence and being because they all followed her. And then they heard for themselves and they believed and Sicker had a revival of faith. And we don't know, but she must have become an active part of that community as the first evangelist who went to tell the story of Jesus that she just met. So I write on page 146, when I began my own journey, I needed a great deal of help to understand what healthy assertiveness looked like in the real world. I may have looked assertive on the outside, and I do. I'm a very high-functioning, <laughs> high-functioning. I'm laughing because that's my defense mechanism when I get nervous. But I'm a very high-functioning, deeply anxious <laughs> human being. But I often find myself feeling timid and afraid to say what I want or need. Now, I'm an Enneagram 2, and I would be called the helper. I would be called the one who's going to just value relationships over everything. And I would also keep the peace, like a Enneagram 9, instead of making the peace, by using my voice wisely. But I'm learning. And I, I found this to be true within my own family. Little Miss People Pleaser, which I was, became Little Miss Husband Pleaser, Little Miss Children Pleaser, and even Little Miss Church Lady Pleaser. I didn't want to be rejected or misunderstood or left out. God forbid. I wanted everyone to be happy, even at the cost of my own emotional health. And sadly, I thought I could fix everyone. And you know how I have a real aversion to that word fix, F-I-X, because we can't fix anything. We are told in the scriptures to fix our eyes on Jesus, the, the, the one who can change everything. So I've had a couple really serious, awful moments in my life where I was in the middle of a mess trying to fix everybody and everything. And in fact, I made it much worse. But it was also eye-opening. I continue, sometimes writing a new narrative is daunting. You may ask yourself, am I up to this? Does it even matter? Is what I'm doing making any difference at all? The answer, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Every step you take towards becoming a woman or man transformed by a Jesus encounter, embracing authenticity, embracing the real faith Jesus Christ offers us, Embracing truth, embracing humility, embracing honesty, embracing love. Yes, yes, yes. Keep moving forward. Much like encountering a new country, a new narrative requires learning a new language. And that's what Stronger Every Day, this book is about. It's about learning the new language of emotional health and mental wellness, about learning the new language of integrating mental health practices with our spiritual life. Oh, so critical. We have to learn a new language of emotional, relational, and spiritual health. And I want to tell you, I wrote this in the book, but I mean it. The, this, this, the tools inside of this book, they work. I've lived it. I would never ask you to do something I have not yet myself done. I've lived it. I'm healthier today than I've ever been in my life. I still have growth points. I'm still walking in my new, trying to walk in my newfound life of grace and, and truth, but it works. And when you apply these practices and you pick up these tools, you will increase your capacity for healthy assertiveness. You will find your voice 
and you will improve absolutely everything in your life. I promise. And so here I'm going to offer today the five keys to finding your voice, and they are going to help you find your way forward. First, and it is an acronym, VOICE, V-O-I-C-E. Be sure, once again, to join our community and get my free newsletter because you will you will receive access to these PDFs, these resources, these tools that you can use as you are finding your new voice. You can do that at JanelleRairdon.com, J-A-N-E-L-L-R-A-R-D-O-N, or you can stop right this minute and text HEARTLIFTER, that's right, text HEARTLIFTER to 844-807-8688. That's text HEARTLIFTER to 844-807-8688, and you will immediately be uh, privy to all of these beautiful new free resources. So first, V, value yourself and validate others. Ask, how do I talk to myself? Do I speak healing words to myself? Is my self-talk healthy or unhealthy? Use your voice to speak healing words, first and foremost, to yourself, to your own heart. How are you talking to yourself today? What are you saying? You're not good enough? I'm not smart enough? I'll never this, I'll never that? Like the Proverbs 31 woman, clothe yourself and everyone in your sphere of influence with strength and dignity by using your words. Live the golden rule and treat others as you would want to be treated. Validating others doesn't mean you're accepting any behavior, excuse me, belief system or bad choice. I'm going to repeat that. Validating others doesn't mean accepting any behavior, belief system or bad choice. What it does mean is that you practice unconditional love, personal accountability, integrity, honesty, and above all else, mutual respect and trust. We can agree to disagree and still sit at the same table. That's so critical. That's on page 147. You're going to want to take some time with each one of these five steps because they are a beautiful way to self-evaluate, to do some introspection. Am I living this way? Because this is our goal here is to have the highest skills in communication and this This is offering us the ability to do that. Two, the O, V-O, optimize your skills. Invest time and energy into your mental health and your personal development. Do you need a communication coach? Do you need a healthy behavior and healthy communication skill coach? Here I am, and I know many others. You can find someone who will help you. As you know, I love Orin J. Sofer, S-O-F-E-R, and nonviolent communication. That is the primary tool book resource that I offer all of my families that are in my practice. When we learn to use nonviolent communication, everything is better. Einstein is thought to have said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. 
If you want to become an effective communicator and enhance every relationship in your life, it will take an investment of time and energy and sometimes money. If you don't know where to start, ask me for help. And always remember that asking for help is a sign of strength. I, initiate healthy behavior patterns and healthy communication skills. Initiate, begin somewhere, start today. When a heart lifter, that is a person committed to emotional health and wellness, is at the center of a family, community, workplace, or church, healthy relationships flourish. Be the one, ah, lean in here, please. I know you've heard me say this, but it is, we've got to etch it in our hearts. Be the one in the room to direct conversations that are healthy, diplomatic, and steeped in wisdom and integrity. There must be at least one person, one visionary, committed to seeing this change through to the end. Leaving a God-sized legacy is a God-sized task. That's so good. So rich. I'm getting so much out of this, and I wrote it. I just, it's something you have to be reminded and reminded and reminded of over and over every day because life and relationships are crazy hard. C, communicate clearly. Be direct, diplomatic, and discerning. Say what you need to say with grace and candor. Instead of being a peacekeeper, become a peacemaker. This might look like creating a bit of drama or tension or hard truth, but the result will be healthier relationships. I'm going to add here, because I, I want you to really know that this usually, typically, when we're moving into this newfound grace and newfound understanding of how to be healthy, you know, sometimes all hell breaks loose. Excuse my language. There's no other way to say it. Sometimes really big conflicts come over really silly, stupid things, but it's in order to lead us and guide us into growth. You know, we might have uh, things get stirred up a bit, but don't be afraid of that. Don't panic. No, oh, 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 Janelle warned me about this. Right. She warned me it might get worse before it gets better. She warned me to make sure that I am really putting these tools close to hand, putting them on the refrigerator, you know, put the five steps to finding your voice on the refrigerator or somewhere, your mirror where you can see it every day and go, oh, oh, yeah, 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 Janelle, Janelle warned me about how life could get really hard, but it's in order to heal and help me grow. Speak the truth in love and cover it with unconditional love instead of comparing, gossiping, berating, belittling, or overpowering someone. Use your voice to increase the value, worth, and dignity of others and to create a healthy atmosphere in the room or space where healing conversations take place, especially the hard ones. No finger pointing. Mm -mm. No blaming or shaming. And if at all possible, Bring strength, not sarcasm. Fifth step and final step, E, energize the room. 
nothing sucks the life out of a room like unhealthy communication. So step C and E go hand in hand. As we develop the skill of communicating clearly, we will energize the room. We all have energy, and I'm not being woo-woo here. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is filled with energy and brings energy to us. So when I walk into a room, what energy am I bringing into that room? Am I bringing the dark cloud of negativity? Or am I bringing the hopeful, hopeful, fluffy white clouds of optimism and joy and clarity and peace? As we develop the skill of communicating clearly, we will energize the room. Proverbs 14.1 became a great watchword for me. The wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts and her household thrives. But the foolish woman who lacks spiritual insight tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. It's from the Amplified Bible. We want to be a woman who builds our house on the rock, that security, that sense of safety. When everyone who crosses the threshold of our home exhales. Oh, I love being here. I feel such peace in this home. Yeah. Stephen Henn writes, A human voice still establishes a connection like nothing else can. A human voice can heal a country. Simply listening to someone tell their story can fill you with empathy and compassion. It can lead to forgiveness. Think of everything you learn by listening carefully to someone talk. Often you can guess their age and their gender, maybe where they grew up. Often you can feel the emotions they feel, their happiness, their fear, their love. Imagine what it must have been like to the Samaritan woman sitting at that ancient well, Jesus' voice, his prosody, his tone, his presence changed her. And it changed her community forever. I like to think that Jesus' voice must have been warm and welcoming. It must have been gentle and kind. It must have been strong and trustworthy. He made her feel safe and secure and spoke words that looked through her eyes and into her soul. Heartlifter, we have that same power and potential within our grasp. Today's challenge, this transparency challenge, is will we use it wisely? Will we speak healing words? This choice is completely ours. As we're closing, on page 149, in Envision, our strength training for the soul I offered this. There's a fine line between assertiveness and aggression. Assertiveness is being forthright about your own wants and needs while still considering the rights, the needs, and the wants of others. That's that really important point. Assertive people are self-assured, confident, and empathic. But aggress- aggression is doing what is in your own best interest without regard for the rights, needs, feelings, or desires of other people. Aggressive people are selfish, self-gratifying, and egocentric. 
While practicing assertiveness, I just want you, excuse me, to keep these points close in mind. Page 149, these are, these are questions you can answer on your own, in private, under the, under the tree, sitting on a bench when you're really seeking God and you're taking this transparency challenge to heart. God, I want to be my very best self. I want to live into the grace of a new beginning. Ask, am I stating my point of view or request directly, diplomatically, and clearly? Am I practicing discretion and awareness of timing? Maybe we'll come back and do a whole episode on the timing of our words. I think we we will have to do that. Is this the right time to speak? The right place to speak? In my life, I have to lean in hard here. This is where I also grow the practice of discernment and discretion in my life. When do I say this to this person? When? How? Where? There is a Kairos God opportune time to say the right thing. Am I speaking from a calm, centered place? If I'm not, I need to get quiet and spend some time getting there. Do I need to take a deep breath and find a few minutes to get to a calm, centered place? Am I listening between the lines so I can actually hear what is being said? Just notice for a day when people speak over you or speak at you. Man, I am so guilty of doing this. So I have to, I pay such close attention. Even if I have all the answers or if I know that what I have to say is better than what someone else has to say, it doesn't matter. And tooting our own our own horn goes in here, right? Think of a conversation you've had with some new person that you just met. Do they start just tooting their own horn instead of taking a breath and and really, truly welcoming you into the conversation? Hi, how are you? I'm so-and-so. And who are you? And where are you from? And tell me a little bit about yourself. I love that my pastor, Pastor Jim, used to tell me, you know, sit down with someone and go, just tell me your story. I want to hear your story. Tell me where you are in life. Instead of just beginning to toot your own horn or shout off your own wisdom or fix things. Wow, I've been so guilty of that in the past, and hopefully I'm better. Hopefully I am. And hopefully I have people around me now that are going to hold me accountable. Are my nonverbal cues, my eye contact, tone of voice, facial expressions, body language, as direct, diplomatic, and clear as my words? Remember, nonverbal cues are over 87% of our communication. Am I exaggerating? Oh, I used to be so guilty of this. Being overly dramatic or making universal statements with words such as always and never. Am I speaking with facts, not judgments or supposition? I'm going to go back under the tree and sit on my bench and think about these today. Am I using I instead of you so I don't enter the blaming and shaming game? Am I saying I feel this instead of you make me feel? something very important, something I've learned. It's like, uh, you know, people don't know what we don't tell them. I'm, I've been married 37 years, and I now my husband and I will stop, and I'll say, I need you to, are you, are you willing to hear this? I think this is a growth point for us. Yeah, we've worked hard to get to that point. Am I collecting strength, that is practicing self-care and restoration daily, when and if I can to make sure I'm fully present to the other person? Do I need to examine my busyness? 
Am I making everybody's business my business and my business everybody's business? Cue social media. Or am I using discretion and being led by wisdom? So continue through the strength training for your soul. I give you a beautiful assignment to just spend a day observing your use of verbal and nonverbal gestures and words and become very self-aware about how you are moving through your life, how you're entering uh, rooms in your life. Make a few notes about the positives and the negatives and how you can do better. Because remember, when we know better, we do better. Increasing self-awareness is the most valuable tool for becoming a woman or a man who uses healthy assertiveness skills in their life. So good. Thank you so much for being with me today. I want you to always remember that you're clothed in strength and dignity with nothing to fear. You can smile at your future because you are growing. <laughs> you are you have a, a growth mindset. You're waking up every day with a heart that's saying, I want to know better so I can do better. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.